What is wisdom? Wisdom comes from the Hebrew word chakmah. Chakmah is both a mental knowledge and a skill. All throughout the Bible, God portrays wisdom as both something that you have in your head and something that you're able to do with your hands. And we see this from the very beginning of creation. We actually see the wisdom of God at work first and foremost through his creative work. And then we see the wisdom of God as he speaks and guides people later. And so both of these are considered the wisdom of God. First, wisdom is the ability to know the will of Yahweh. This is the first definition. To know the will of Yahweh and to apply it to one's life. The ultimate wisdom that you could ever have is to know what God has for the world, what he has for you, what he has for your family, how he wants to guide you, and how he wants to take care of you. Yahweh is the only true wise person. And if you've been around reading history books and watching the news, it's really hard to trust the wisdom of most people out there. And everybody thinks they're wise. And we're all just kind of flushing ourselves down the toilet in the process. If he's the only true wise God, and only wise being the universe, it is only through him that we're ever going to truly find wisdom. And this is the point that all these books are going to make. Even in Samuel, when we did Samuel and Kings, those books keep showing how all the advice of everybody around David and Solomon and the other kings that they kept giving kept failing, 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 failing. And their own wisdom was failing. And only when they went to God and asked for help did everything actually work out. And the Bible makes that very clear repetitively, even in the narratives, without even going to the wisdom literature. And not only that, has God the most wise person, but he has taken wisdom and wove it through the fabric of the universe. Have you ever seen the Bible Project? They do the video where they actually show wisdom as a needle and thread and like weaving through. And it's a very powerful image because this is how he designed creation. If wisdom is both an intellectual and a physical works, skills, then he's weaving wisdom through the universe, which means wisdom, lady wisdom, is guiding the universe. And wisdom is often portrayed as actual attribute of God. It is one of his attributes just like love and all-powerful and omnipresent. And so he's weaving this through the universe and guiding it. Only Only he knows how humans and creation are supposed to function according to their design. And this is a big one. The reason that God can say, don't eat this and eat this, is because he's the one who designed your body. It's like the car mechanic who says, like, when Ford or the other people build the car, and they build the car to run on gasoline, and they say, now don't put apple juice in this thing, or it will just break down and get destroyed. And you're like, what do you know, old man? And you go do whatever you want, and then eventually your car doesn't run and it breaks down. And so the best thing to do is if you're getting a car or a computer or something from somebody who built it, they are the ones who designed it to function this way. So therefore, they are the best person to go to to say, how should I use this thing so that it will be to the best of its potential? And so when God wires your body to function a certain way physically and says, therefore, live this way, he's the only one who actually knows how the body is supposed to work. Therefore, he's the only manual, so to speak, on it, whether written in the law or written on your heart through the Holy Spirit. In the same way, if he says, this is how I designed you to function socially with other people, emotionally, sexually, conversationally, then I'm also the one who can actually tell you how to do it. 
And so when I say, like, don't have sex with these people at this certain time and don't talk this way to certain people and, and, and don't take the advice of this, I'm protecting you socially because I wired your brain in such a way to not function if you go against that. And that's the thing we need to understand is that we don't need to come to people and teach them to behave and do good and don't do wrong. What we need to do is teach them that this is the way that your body has been designed, this is the way that your social life has been designed, your emotions, your mental thinking has been designed, and Yahweh is the one that designed it, therefore we should go to him on how we should function so we can have holistic health. And that's the idea of wisdom. God is offering holistic health to us as the designer of our lives. Why would you go to anybody else? Now, there are very intelligent people in the world who can observe people functioning the way they're supposed to, and it works, and people who can function the way they're not supposed to, and they get destroyed, and they write some very good psychology books and that kind of stuff, but that's still based on observation, not having an innate knowledge of who we are. And so Yahweh is the one we go to for wisdom, and this wisdom is revealed in the Torah, and the wisdom literature, and the law. Second, wisdom is the ability to discern right and wrong in life, and to make good decisions. Once we understand what God's will is for our life and the people around us, then the second part of wisdom is the ability to look at people and look at our own life and see them function and determine through discernment whether they're functioning well or they're functioning poorly. And then we can either say, I want advice from you and help me understand how to function well because I'm struggling in this area or don't want to be like you. And you don't need to say that to them in their face. But, but you say, we don't want to have those consequences. Okay? So that's discernment. And discernment is also the ability to look at the world and know right and wrong. And then on the other part of that is to be able to advise people. To be able then discern right and wrong of that person, the right and wrong in your heart, the right and the wrong of that system in the world. And then to be able to apply that to your own life, to give advice to other people, and to guide them. That's wisdom. But it all comes through Yahweh, submitting to him in prayer. And third, it's a skill. It's building. And it's building things in a functional way. And so just as Yahweh is a creator who built the world, and it's good, meaning it's functioning the way it's supposed to, and at the same time it has great beauty, it's functional, and practical, and visually pleasing aesthetically, he has made us in the image of God to be able to do that as well. We are able to craft things with wisdom. We are able to craft a building with wisdom. We can craft a work of art musically or artistically in an image or, or a story or even a family that we're crafting, children that we're crafting into the image of God, or an institution or organization, or a message or an idea. And so all these things are given to us to be able to craft them. And, and, and you know that like when you're building furniture, if you've ever had experience with this, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And if you build furniture in the wrong way, you can be as creative as you want, like... Um, Frank Lloyd Wright, when he built that house, it's very creative, but it's not practical living. <laughs> and so there, there's ways you can think outside the box, but you still have to obey the laws of physics 
and force and all that kind of stuff. And if you don't, then when grandma sits in the chair, she's going to fall down and crack her head and you're going to feel all bad and the family's going to hate you. Okay? <laughs> so the reality is there's a good way to do things. And that applies to everything. The way that you craft your business, the way that you craft art, the way you craft music, the way you craft a family, the way you craft a philosophical idea. And there's wisdom in that because all that was given to you to expand the garden and to guide people into the kingdom of God. And if it's corrupt or non-functional, then it just brings chaos. And therefore, we need to do that. All three of these are wisdom. And this is the way we approach it. We get it from God. We discern it as we watch in the world. And we craft it ourselves all through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And this is what it's talking about. This wisdom can only come through the fear of Yahweh. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of Yahweh. This is seen in Proverbs 1, 2, 9, Ecclesiastes 12, Job 1, multiple places it says wisdom only comes through the fear of Yahweh. Now, what is the fear of Yahweh? The fear of Yahweh is a deep awe, respect, trust, and a knees knocking together, I'm scared out of mind of him. And we often want to think like, oh, the fear of Yahweh is just a deeper awe and respect. And it's more than that. There is a certain sense where when God shows up, we pee our pants. Okay? And, and we, we watered that down in America when we're like, oh, but you're not supposed to be scared of God because he brought us Jesus and stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. He is the divine God of the universe who thought you into existence. And if he stops thinking about you, you would cease to exist and he has a very high moral standard that none of us get anywhere close to it. And when we don't get anywhere close to it, we destroy his creation and his children and rebel against him. And you better be afraid of him. Okay? And so there are places throughout the Bible it makes it very clear that you're being afraid. When God shows up in the whirlwind of a hurricane and a tornado full of fire and lightning and coming barreling down on Job, Job is scared out of his mind. When God shows up. Remember, you also accuse God of being unjust. And so there is a certain sense that you are scared to death of him. And going back to C.S. Lewis and um, Miracle, uh, not Miracle, but um, Chronicles of Narnia, but that's also tempered with the, he's a good guy. So when Lucy finds out for the first time that Aslan is a lion, she says, he's a lion? Is he safe? And Mr. Beaver says, like, no, he's not safe. He's a lion, girl. Like, why would you not? But he's good. He's good. And that's the other side of the fear of the Lord. There's a certain sense where we are somewhat motivated by a fear of him, of what he can do to us, that we will answer to him. However, this is not a fear of an abusive father at any moment is going to go berserk and beat us down for no explanation. This is a fear that we know that he's good, and he's powerful, and we stand in awe of him, and we respect him because he's good, and he has good laws, and he has a good track record, and he's done more for us than anybody else has ever done. But we also have this fear that, because we know in our hearts we can have a tendency that no matter how much we love God, no matter how much we want to obey him, we still want to do our own thing, and we want to pursue our own right, and we want to rebel against him, and we want to do our own things, and that Fear that what he can do to us in judgment is also the other side of the coin. And those are the two sides of the coins. We are a sinful, rebellious people with decrepit hearts. And we need a little bit of a, I'm scared of what dad will do to me, to guide us. 
But at the same time, we also need the, but dad is also a good man, a good being who has the best of my life in mind. And I can always go to him and tell him anything and know that he'll listen and take care of it. And he can handle anything. And he loves me more and will do more for me than anybody else does. And between that power and that love, that's what makes us stand in awe and respect him. And it is only when you have that double-sided coin that you can truly go to him and say, advise me, Father, because I want your will and only your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's the way we should think of the fear of Yahweh. We, we don't need to go into the hellfire and brimstone. We don't need to go into Jesus is my best friend. It's a little bit of both. And, there, and when, without going too far to the extreme. So Yahweh is the ultimate judge the ultimate authority that we will answer to, and the ultimate guide on things. True wisdom is learning the boundary lines and not crossing them. If one does not learn this, then they will not experience the good life in their life, and they will fall into chaos. True wisdom is understanding the boundary lines, and this is important, and not crossing them. Not crossing them because I know that crossing them will bring chaos into my life and other people's lives. And not crossing them because I love God too much to cross that line after he died on the cross for me. And then all the other things he did before that and after that. This is what I try to teach my children and my students. I don't want you to obey me because you want a reward or you're afraid of punishment. I want you to obey me because you trust that crossing these lines will destroy your life or bring chaos into it, and because you love me enough that you want to make me happy, that you love your friends at school enough that you don't want to hurt them. That's the motivation. That's a Deuteronomic love. A Deuteronomic love is not obedience out of fear of punishment or of wanting rewards. A Deuteronomic love is a relationship that leads to obedience. And this is important. Trimper Longman III said this, Wisdom is not simply a matter of learning certain principles and life and applying them mechanistically. Wisdom begins with a relationship with God. That this relationship is described as characterized by fear means that the sages or the wise men understood their place in the universe. While fear is not to be equated with terror, it is probably more than mere respect. After all, people are totally dependent on Yahweh who created and sustains them. The sages understood this and therefore trembled in the presence of God. Pagans may well stumble on some interesting and helpful truth that provides insight on how to avoid a problem or achieve a desired goal. They may even be able to formulate that bit of advice in a way that is memorable. The Israelite sages may even adapt the advice for inclusion to the book of Proverbs. However, based on Proverbs 1, 7, they still would not judge pagan wisdom teachers as truly and authentically wise because they lack the fear of Yahweh. Many people in the world stumble onto wisdom as the image of God, but only the people who are in a relationship with Yahweh truly have wisdom, truly have wisdom. The bottom line is that there is no wisdom apart from a relationship with Yahweh. The very concept of wisdom is a theological concept, and it runs throughout the book. The pervasiveness of the theological perspective of the book is underlined by the role of woman wisdom or lady wisdom. This is the problem with our culture today. Our culture today, most people, when you're watching the news, especially right now, 
we are more divided than we've ever been in the history of America. We are more opinionated and self-righteous in that division than we've ever been in the history of America. And almost everybody sounds like an idiot half the time. Because we don't understand our proper place in the universe anymore as a whole. We don't understand our proper place in the universe anymore. And because of that, we don't see our total desperateness to go to something greater than ourselves for guidance. And therefore, we have become fools and think that we're wise in our hearts. And I don't mean like every single one of us. I mean America as a whole. And if you doubt me on this, then just go and watch the news and listen not to what's happening in the world, but what we say is going on in the world and our opinions. And then read the YouTube comments. Okay, if there's anything that, if you want to depress yourself faster than anything, read YouTube comments and Facebook comments on, on politics and issues. There's just sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, I got to stop reading this. There's a part of me who wants to read it because I want to know my world and where my kids are coming from because they think these comments are awesome. Not my kids, I mean my students. But there's another part of me who's like, I feel like I'm going to commit suicide by the end of the night after reading these things because I have no hope for the future. So this is wisdom. 